Hi there, this is Bob from Creation Station. Welcome to Tech Talk Weekly. This is our short little show that we do every week, two to three news stories, give you a fun, cool library fact and send you on your way in about 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, creationstation at Broward.org comes right to me if you have any questions or ideas that you wanna share on the show. Today, my guest is Kristen Morrison. How are you doing, Ms. Kristen? I'm great, thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we've had some behind the scenes craziness going on here with our computer difficulties here, but I think we've got them all worked out now, so it should be good to go. I hope, I hope. Let's cross our fingers. I think I'm pretty good fingers at fixing crossed. these here. Yeah. Um, let me bring up my browser here to start with our first story. And that is a one that Kristen brought to us. And that's all about doing DNA. Uh, to fill us in on this real quick, as I scroll down this story, Kristen. Well, uh, basically the story is about how they used hair from Sitting Bull to confirm that this gentleman was his uh, great-grandson. And it took fo about 14 years for them to come up with the technology to extract enough uh, DNA, Y DNA specifically, um, to do this. And I think it has real good, um, real interesting prospects for uh, down the road of, you know, maybe um, doing uh, for all genealogy or stuff. any of that kind of for, stuff. For, yeah. Well, for for genealogy, but also for like uh, genetic detectives, like you know. Oh, okay, yeah. Dig dig up digging up cadavers and doing their hair and. Oh, you know, that is awesome! Yeah, that's a really cool you know? idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it know, is Native American History Month, they... also, by the way, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and the Smithsonian had had uh, Sitting Bull's hair just kind of sitting around in a drawer mm -hmm. and uh, wasn't being stored properly, which is part of the problem. Uh, in it, yeah, and, and and part of that that whole issue of you know it's it's science, it's how this works. Um, we have uh, brought up another um, article here on uh, African. Uh, getting the African genetic library up and running and working on things because, and as we'll see down here in this story right here, less than 2% of all of the stuff is African. That's in the databases because it's all European and North American. And now you're back with us, Christian. We're just having all sorts of technical difficulties today, aren't we? It's going to be fun. There you go. You're back now. Yeah, I'm back now. There we go. Uh, I was having uh, some audio issues. Yeah, yeah um, it's really amazing that out of all the DNA databases, only the two percent of the genomes are African. It's um, kind of shocking, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's an even smaller amount, a smaller percentage for Native Americans. It's, it's really, it's, it's as I was saying, it's. It's this idea that we're all moving forward into the future, and then we need to take a step back every once in a while and look around to say, wait a minute, not everybody's coming with us. We need to stop and make sure that everyone gets the advantages of these new technologies and gets a chance to do these sorts of things to make sure that we're all ready for it, you know? Yeah, I think it because it's mostly uh, European-Americans that are driving the uh, genetic genealogy kind of Mm -hmm. train because we all want to know uh our heritage you know we want yeah. to know where we you know are we irish are we italian are we this are we that um 
and that's what's really has been driving the train for a while. Uh, but we really need to, yeah, you know, pick up pick up some passengers along the way. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, and if anybody hasn't seen it already, our Creation Station Monthly back in August was all on genealogy. I encourage you to go find that and and give a watch for that. It's a really interesting feed. So now, before I get too deep into this next topic, because this is one of the rare weeks where we really only have two topics, but we have 25 different links because there's just so much news about this one topic this week. Um, everybody saw, I would hope, that Facebook changed their company name to Meta because they want to be called, they're trying to build the Metaverse, as, as it's called. Um, and so what is the Metaverse all about and why are we so interested in, interested in this? Or maybe you're not interested in it. And to my cautionary tale is you need to be interested in this because it's going to happen one way or another. This is one of those things like, oh, that internet thing, it's all just a fad, it's gonna go away. Yeah, this is not gonna be a fad and this is not gonna go away. Um, but I do wanna point out, I, I brought down a piece of my gear here. This is the HoloLens 2. This is a piece of augmented reality gear. So you can put this on and see all sorts of other things going on around you. Really useful gear, really great technology. What do you think, Kristen? Do you think everybody's gonna be wearing this as a fashion accessory this year? Oh. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I think you look like a RoboCop. Yeah, there we that. go. See, exactly. And that's everybody's like, oh, well, to get the devices down smaller and it'll be smaller and smaller. I'm like, people don't necessarily like them in the first place anyway. We have enough problems so, with people walking and looking at their phones. Yeah. Well, that, one of the things that this does do, um, and I'm going to start sharing my screen again to bring up the browser because we've got a lot of different. Um, articles here that I just want to touch base on. And as always, all these links will be in the show notes for you. Don't worry about it. After the show, they'll all be posted there for you. So here, let's talk about this first thing of what does the metaverse mean? What does the word mean and all that stuff? All the metaverse is, is something that is laid over the physical world. So that can be anything around you, whether that's augmented reality, uh, looking through your phone at Google Maps. If anybody's done that, done Google Maps lately on your phone, you can actually see the world around you and there's arrows right there on the on the screen to direct you to which way you're supposed to go and stuff like that. Or if you're gonna do full VR and get all totally immersed or something as simple as just having voice assistance around your house. We did a couple of, uh, we did talk about that a couple of weeks ago on immersive tech, immersive computing, as they're calling it, um, for just computing all around you all the time. And so what's it going to look like? We don't really know yet the full extent of what's going to happen with it and what's going to, what it's going to look like. What are you going to do? Basically, this is like the original internet. Kristen, you were in the libraries already by that point. When the internet um, was really becoming big, or were, were you still in college? Oh no, I uh, well, I became a librarian in two thousand, so it's kind of like baby internet. Yeah, there. and and so that's how it, and that's exactly what I meant by that because you were there for MySpace, you were there for people fumbling around and figuring out, okay, wait, is this what I want to do? Is this what I is this what this thing is good for? Should I really? I was be making shopping? sites in HTML. Uh, there you go. 
And so there's a whole idea of what's available for this. What could, what is this going to be? Um, some people who are older may remember a big web 2.0, we're transitioning and the world's gonna change. And for most people, it didn't really feel like it changed because it became just something we all did. Um, so I've, I built up a couple of things here. I think one of the issues um, that comes out is this one right here. So is China building the metaverse? Is, it, is this article that appeared this week? And the answer is yes, because everybody's building the metaverse. Everyone's going to build a part of it. And the question becomes, who's going to be the lead designers? Who's going to be the lead people in developing the apps and the technology that we use to get onto it? And as we always talk about, you know, it's a lot of it is scale. Now, Christian, what do you think that the, the most popular apps are right now out there in the world? Oh, well, uh, popular apps, Instagram, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Fill me in, Bob. I was going to say WeChat because oh, we don't WeChat? use it here. In, yeah. We don't use it here in the United States. Somebody in the chat just said TikTok. Because we're not using those, or we're not, we're not, we're not using um, WeChat very much. We, a lot of the young people have picked up on TikTok, but still not as much. Um, WeChat's already out there and has billions of users. Facebook, and all, for all of their issues that Facebook has, they have 3 billion people on their servers already doing this. So this metaverse has already started bubbling up and it's already beginning to work, which is why Mark Zuckerberg, the president of Meta, Facebook, is so involved in this is because he can see that this is coming and who's ever going, whoever gets in on the ground floor is gonna have that next level, just like Apple and Google got in on phones when we moved to smartphones and they took over the, away from BlackBerry and Amazon and Microsoft and everybody else who tried to build one. So yeah, it's yeah. gonna be out there. I was just saying and, there's an old avian adage, the early bird gets the worm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the idea is who's gonna do what? Like you were saying, are we gonna get people to look off their phones? Are we gonna be getting them to do things? Amazon's trying that with their um, echo glasses that they're just regular glasses. They don't show you anything, but they're all audio. So you can hear things as you're walking around and doing things. Microsoft has made a huge deal with this. It's actually beginning to look like it's Microsoft or Facebook meta. Sorry. We're going to have to get used to that change over there. Um, as the two leading Western companies for this and whichever, WeChat or whoever from China that's going to be the third big dominant player. And so I just want to take this time this week just to take a little bit of time to, to talk a little bit more about what was actually here to give everybody an idea of what's going on out there. Um, who's already building this, who's already living there, because this stuff has already been going on totally for a while, for a couple of years now. Teams, Microsoft Teams. Tell me, Kristen, I can see that coming up out of your mouth there. Tell me. Well, no, I was just going to say the uh, the article about Microsoft and the avatars in Teams. Yep. Uh, when do we get our avatars, Bob? Because I'm very excited about that because 
I'll never have a bad hair day and nobody yes. can see me rolling my eyes in meetings anymore. And, and, oh, well, the rolling your eyes may be questionable, but yeah, nobody's <laughs> going to have to be on camera anymore. You're going to be able to do these things. That's the next article that I brought up. And I know I have barely touched on any of these articles for you guys because there's so much to read. I'm going to give you a really great site in just a minute but to go listen to also. The the other interesting thing I thought about uh, the avatars, uh, yeah. because during the pandemic and the distance learning, a lot of, and just distance meetings as well, mm -hmm. a lot of people started having uh, like body dysmorphia Yes. with looking because they don't like the way they look on their yeah. computer screens. And I think uh, having an avatar would go a long way to alleviating some of that, you know, because I mean, my son hated having his camera on during distance yeah. learning. Oh um, yeah. And that whole zoom for the turning your camera off. We've said it before. That is the best thing you can possibly do. If you don't have to be on camera, turn it off because you don't need it. Um, and I, the picture that I've got up on the screen here for the avatars and how it would work is you're just there talking, doing your thing, and it just puts your avatar and your avatar reacts to what you do. So if you move your hands, your avatar will move your hands, its hands, etc. So you're rolling the eyes may get caught up on something there, Kristen. You may still be caught by that. Well, maybe maybe you can uh, pick and choose your reactions like you can. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Click on yeah, eye rolls. Yes. There. Oh, yes. Oh, I think Although, I'm just going to leave a cap locks on for eye rolls there, Kristen. But the, it's kind of disturbing to me. These avatars don't seem to have lower bodies in the picture. Yeah, none of them do. None of them have lower bodies in any of these things right now. It's kind of weird. Slightly disturbing. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple of different um, programs out there. I'll show one of them here in a minute where they've, they basically are only doing from the waistline up um, for all these things. But I wanted to point out something in this picture that you've seen, you've been looking at this picture and maybe not quite understanding it. It is someone in the United States speaking in English to someone in Korea, Korea, who is understanding and speaking back in Korean. And you're both understanding each other perfectly because it's live audio translation as you're going back and forth. So... This is just, this is another part of this. And if you've been in Teams meetings or WebExes before, especially towards the end of this year, um, all the companies has been rolling out these auto translation things and closed captioning and everything's been going out there and Zoom's trying to catch up on these things too. It's going to be hard to know where you are and who you're talking with because if everyone that I'm, that I'm hearing from is coming back to me in English, that's where I think the metaverse really starts to take hold of some people because like you're pretty opposed to this in concept right now, right, Kristen? I think it's a little, uh, some of it, like the Alexas and the Echoes is a little too big brother for me. I don't want my devices listening to me and knowing when I'm out of milk and um, yeah. ordering milk for me from the store. You know, it's just a little, um, but the uh, concept of the avatars and talking, you know, having your mm -hmm. presence as an avatar. And this audio translation, I think, is really, really cool um, uh, to be, you know, for communi just communication. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's really good. And 
I mean, how many customers do we have at the library who can't, who aren't um, English speakers? Yeah, who yeah. Need, who need help with things? You know, this, and this would is, be right. a good way to communicate with them. So if, you know, I don't know Spanish or Korean or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. other languages, we'll be able to communicate. Yeah, and it's getting right there. And you're going to, and you're going to take all these various little pieces that we have, like Google Translate or doing the translation on the Echo devices at the check at the service desks like we do now and you're gonna be able to tie all these together and that's what the real metaverse is is taking all these separate little pieces of assistive ideas or the ability to do things and wrapping it all up into one thing and that's when the metaverse really happens is when all that's there so for everybody out there who's seeing these news stories and they they make it look like it's a 3d video game and all these things that's just the, the the sparkly bits that to attract attention. What's really going to keep you there and do things is when you can really spend time talking and working with people, being in an audience and listening and doing this kind of stuff. And it's all going to flow together in a way that I think people 10 years from now will look back on this time and say, how did you not see where we were going? Just like we look back on the people from the night from the late nineties, early two thousands and say, come on now, what do you mean? You didn't think about the social networks and how all these things and sharing, you didn't see how important it would be for us to share our photos with everybody in the world all the time. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, so one quick thing I want to point out, there's lots of companies doing this. Here's one company that's uh, doing live platform stuff right now for tours, for working. For if you're doing any conferences, you're gonna be using a company like this soon. Um, there's lots of different ones. I'm just gonna throw this one up. They seem to be a, a decent little uh, company that's already got some programming going on and you don't need any special gear because there's lots of companies that do this in VR or AR right now, but this one just works on your phone or on your computer. So I'll put a link to them there. And finally, I'm going to put in a link for Daily Tech News Show. It's one of the shows I listen to several times a week. Um, they did a great explainer on this uh, back on the set, back on Tuesday, just about what the different definitions of these different pieces are and working with some of the people that are already working on this stuff. And so these will all be in the show notes for you to be able to see everything that is there and what we're doing. Um, you know, Bob, one of the articles that you shared at the end of the article, it was mentioning how this will be like a Ready Player One or The Matrix, uh -huh. but also reminded yep. you that those are also dystopians. So. Yes, exactly. Well, 100%. And that is one of those issues is that it's always dystopian for – it's dystopian for a reason because it always comes back to someone has to pay for it. You don't get to have all this cool stuff for free. There is no free lunch. There is no free anything like that. Someone somewhere has to pay for these things. And if they're going to give it to you for free, that means you are the product, right? That's why Facebook is free because you are the product. They're using you for advertising, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's why a lot of these things all end up being dystopian is because those writers understand that if you don't pay attention and you just let it happen without anyone giving any good advice, yeah, it's all going to get be a, be a mess, and you're all going to fall into who's the one or two companies that are owning everything. Yeah, red I pill fully or blue agree pill. with that. 
Ah, see, I'm not a movie person. I know which I know that reference, but I'm not a movie person. I'm it's from the Matrix. I know, I know. I'm I think I think I'm more of a stainless steel rat person. Um, if you haven't read those books, please go find those at the library. Um, stainless steel rat takes place in a far future thing, and it's it's the idea that no matter how technological your society gets, there's always going to be nooks and crevices for people to hide in. And you need to be a stainless steel rat in a distant future. So it's a fun series of books. Go read them. They're great. Very James Bond-like. In the... I'll, I'll, I'll keep wearing my tinfoil hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. We already flew. We're way over over where we should be already at this time. Thank you for being here, Kristen. You're, it was great having you here to, to be that good counterbalance. Well, Drag us you, back Bob. down to reality. <laughs> Well, thanks, Bob. It was good to be here. And uh, despite all of our technical difficulties. We always pull it off in the end, right? This That's is what, right. This is what we do. <laughs> um, Kristen's been a great friend of mine for years here, helping with all sorts of computer and technological stuff and helping make sure I keep myself grounded on all these things. How are things going out there at the at the branch right now, out there in Lauderhill? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, we're starting to just pick up a little bit more and more. And uh, this month we'll be starting our uh, in-person story times. Good, so. good, good, good. Yep, a lot of people are starting that now after November 1st. It's great. Um, we've got a lot of other things going on around the system, by the way, everybody. You know, Veterans Day is coming up next week, and uh, Broward County Libraries has not made it Veterans Day. It's made it Veterans Month. Uh, we've got 20-something programs scattered throughout the month, everything from events out at Delvo Park this upcoming Saturday, where I'm going to be doing a Space Force thing with the space station. Um, to Director's Book Club at several locations, both online and in person. So please check out the library uh, stuff. Go f go find us out there. Broward.org slash library. Go to our events page and you'll find out all sorts of really cool things to go see and do. I'm going to throw up our final slide here really quick and duck out of here as we can before I can't stop myself from talking. Um... Everybody, thank you again. Creation Station at Broward.org comes directly to me with your own news stories, or if you have feedback about the stories we've talked about, or if there's a librarian or library you want to see featured on here one week, send me that message, and we'll be glad to get it out to you. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe.